Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss what leadership looks like in the modern insurance business. We talk to insure tech leaders and founders, innovators and change agents from the insurance industry. We also talk to thought leaders from outside the industry, such as organizational psychologists, performance coaches and investment professionals. Anyone who can add value to the conversation on how to lead insurance businesses of the future. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. This is the host, Alex Bond. Um, We've got an exciting announcement to make. Um, Off the back of the podcast, we're exposed to many issues that are kind of topical or current, um, and some become really pervasive. And sometimes we are in the position to do something about it in our role as a recruitment business that specializes in insurtech. And one of those issues has been the lack of female leadership in insurance technology businesses. It's nothing new. It's nothing surprising. Um, We can see that the numbers are just simply not representative in the traditional insurance industry. But in a nascent industry, in in a burgeoning and growing industry, in an industry that's so exciting, it's a little bit disappointing to see that the numbers continue to not stack up. There are simply not enough female leaders in the insurance technology business. So what can we do about that? Well, look, there's no time for me to have a savior complex, but what I can do is build networks and what I can do is build platforms. And so one of those platforms we've decided to kind of launch is the flight series, the female leaders in insurance technology event series. This will be a series of events that will start in 2022. They will involve in-person events, they involve online events to encapsulate the global audience, and they are going to include some specific mentoring opportunities. So I'm excited to announce that the first of those is happening on 13th of January. That will be a London in-person event, it'll be a ticketed event, um, and we get a fantastic panel of female speakers to talk about attracting talent to InsureTech. So if you're interested in InsureTech, if you're interested in discussing opportunities in InsureTech, we'd love to see you there. Please check out the FinPro website, www.wearefinpro.com, for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Jenny from Air Doctor. Um, Jenny, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Fine. Great, actually. Good. Very good. nice day. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a nice day in the UK as well at the moment, um, but um, it's not. It hasn't been. I've been, I, 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 embarrassingly, I'm up in my bedroom because of, my office is so cold and I've um, I've relegated my partner. So she's now working in the really cold office because she doesn't seem to mind. Um, but we're, we're having a good day. But where are you, are you? Are you calling from Israel? Is that right? Yes, I'm sitting uh, in the Jerusalem the hills, actually. Where offices in a agricultural uh, environment, the settlement in the Jerusalem Hills, mm-hmm. and we are enjoying the autumn. You know, the the weather is great. It's not so hot. It's not so cold. So great time of the year. I love. I love autumn. Nice. Well, I mean, I feel bad now because we kept keeping you inside, but um, but um, we'll um, we'll, we'll we'll get to our outside activities later in the day. But um, before we we start. Air Doctor was a business I know and actually came across from, the, I think it was another conference and talk you've done, actually. So so knew the business fairly well. But for those people out there that don't know what Air Doctor is and what it does, it'd be great if you could introduce the business. Well, I think that the best way to introduce the business is always I ask my, my uh, partners, so have you been sick while traveling? Or have you been 
with someone that was sick, your, your, your husband, your wife, your children, and everybody that went through that uh, experience understand what the doctors means very well and very fast. Because our doctors started from our, the founder's own experience. One of the founders, uh, Jan Derfler, actually was in Mexico. He was sick and he doesn't uh, speak Spanish. And he went through the very traumatic uh, feeling of needing a doctor. How do I find the doctor? Ended going to a hospital and waiting for hours, not knowing who is the doctor that is treating him, how good it is or whatever. And then we say, um, it, it, it's not possible that in, in the years that we do or order everything online, a hamburger. Now you say they want a hamburger with onions and, and cheese and without ketchup. But you cannot find a doctor when you are in a foreigner country and say, and, and choose a specialty. Let's say I'm a, a woman. I need a gynecologist. I don't want to go to a GP that the hotel recommended. Or, and I don't want to go to the hospital, which is my only possibility of finding a gynecologist around me. Mm -hmm. So then this is the, the, the story. How do we came to the idea that we need to uh, create a platform which is online, is digital, and you can find a doctor around you with the right speciality, local doctors, uh, not tourist doctors, that can, and you can set an appointment within 45 minutes. So that's the idea of a doctor. You set the appointment, you go to the doctor, and, and everywhere in the world where you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, and do people pay to access this service or do they pay on, do, do you, what's the kind of remuneration model? How does, how does that work? Well, that's the relation to our business model. Mm -hmm. um, when we started, we were B2C. We thought, you know, everybody that needs, we download the app and the platform and we'll set the appointment and we go to the doctor, pay, we pay the doctors. Mm -hmm. um, but very fast, we understood that there is an ecosystem, which include insurance companies, um, the travel agencies. And we started to work and became eventually B2B2C which means we work through the insurance companies and the OTAs to get to the customers. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have an insurance uh, that works with us, you go to the, you find the doctor, set the appointment, go to the doctor, you don't pay. Mm -hmm. You don't need to get reimbursed. Uh, the insurance uh, pay us, we pay the doctor and it's completely transparent for the customers. No need to pay, no need to send uh, receipts or anything. Mm -hmm. So that's 60% of our customers. That's the way we work. Mm -hmm. um, with the OTAs, they do pay, the customer does pay uh, and then send the receipts to their own insurance. But mm -hmm. everything is through us. So the doctor doesn't need to deal with, uh, you know, charging the patient and all those things that doctors don't like very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you white label the products for, for insurance companies or, or is it always doctor branded it's just you know well we call it co-branded mm. we call it co-branded when you open let's say um we have uh, launched lately with alliance in germany if you will open the platform you will see alliance logo operated by your doctor right. the, the the language is our doctor language is our um you know we don't change the core the core product uh but this we adjust to the needs of the insurer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting um I, I wanted to sort of there's a big elephant in the room when we talk about travel insurance um COVID-19 um travel shut down for a period of time 
Um, I know the business is, is, uh, is it four years, four years old or? Yes, four yeah, years. About four years old. So obviously up and running before that point of time. But what was the kind of impact on, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 challenge for Air Doctor? How did you kind of manage that, you know, that, that period of time? Because I'm presuming it, 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 it was, it was, it was difficult from a, uh, business point of view? Definitely, uh, we launched in 2018. 2018 was a great year. We launched, mm -hmm. our, we did our MVP, we have our first customers, we have a volume going up. And then in 2020, COVID came, people stopped traveling. Uh, but I have to say that um, what COVID did for us is educated the market for free. Why do you need a doctor? Mm -hmm. and, and then was very clear to, to our partners, our business partners, that when people go back to, to travel, everybody will want to know that there is a solution if I am sick, which is not going to the hospital, mm -hmm. where it's a lot of, you know, people are very afraid to go to hospitals. Mm -hmm. So actually, I can say that COVID in, the, in some way um, was difficult, but helped us. Mm -hmm. Did the marketing for us. Um, we signed 18 contracts in, uh, in between 2020, the half of 2020 to the half of 2021. So we went from one customer to 18 business customers, really deals signed and, and launched. Mm -hmm. and, and in the COVID time, we used that time. I always say that you need to, as a startup, you need to know how to pivot when you have a, a problem. And what we did is we created telemedicine. We didn't have that in our offer. We just offer clinic and visits and home visits, the doctors going to the hotel. And we realized that telemedicine becomes more and more important in the COVID uh, time. So we offer our doctors. We have doctors, I didn't mention that, but we have doctors in 65 countries. We have our own network. Uh, is doctors validated? We work with them, we know them. We have access to their bank account. So we, we have a real connection. And we offer them to, uh, to do telemedicine. Mm -hmm. We train them. We took a vendor that specialized on that. We trained them how to do telemedicine. Mm -hmm. And then we had the advantage mm -hmm. that we are offering telemedicine in 15 languages because we have all around the world, seven by 24. And, um, you know, and that was an idea that came as a result of the COVID. We wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't be working so, so you know, intensely with new customers and everything in and the core product. But mm -hmm. then we had the time to do this, to include a new service that was, you know, today is one of the main things that attract uh, business partners, that we mm -hmm. can offer prescriptions all around the world because we have doctors and they have, can prescribe. It's mm -hmm. not the normal telemedicine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that, that's one aspect of COVID. Another aspect is uh, I was talking to one of our Spanish customers, Iris, and uh, they were telling us that they see the difference that today uh, more and more young people are buying insu travel insurance than yep. in the past. And that is also a result of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in 2019, I, uh, we, you, you have 1.4 billion people traveling trips outside your country. Okay, This is data from the United Nations. And from those, 780 million were without travel insurance mm -hmm. traveling. So today, imagine what happened. 
uh, more and more people, when they travel, they will want to have travel insurance. They want to be COVID insurance. They ask to have corona uh, coverage or whatever. And more and more people uh, are buying travel insurance than in the past. And that is also a result of, uh, of the COVID. So mm. enlarge, expand the market significantly. Mm. I was wondering about the data on that, actually, because I... Um was a couple of things actually that resonated with me what you were saying so I, I just I just renewed my health insurance yesterday day before yesterday um and, I, and I'm I'm so you know it's my company so uh, when I do it it's unfortunately no one's picking up the bill for me it's usually me so I, I probably take a bit more care and what the cover I've got and one of the things that was really interesting to me there's one of the companies was selling me that I had my choice of GPs and um and then the other one had uh had a, 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 a telemedicine te- you know te- telephone gp and i was like that is much better for me you know i'm i never know where i'm going to be i travel quite often um i don't want to physically go and see a gp I, I also don't have the time to physically go and see a gp um but particularly now when i, I you're more likely to work from home um the idea of taking time out of your day just to go and sit in the doctor's office queue wait they're usually running late whereas you can just get you know a, a gp on 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 the phone is is hugely appealing um but the other thing that that i am um, that i was thinking about was i don't know and you, you might not know this because it's it's more it's more kind of medical but the private medical you know it's it's sharpened my mind on on what cover i need now you know i'm more yeah it's it's more concerning there's there's kind of more things out there and and you know obviously and then travel as soon as travel opened up the first thing i did was bought travel insurance and i know i always have it but um i think you look at that fine print now as well like what what are you getting for your travel cover travel cancellation for instance yes yeah 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 so really interesting but i'm interested about that pivot um and i because i wanted to dig in because you you the the found you, you know it's a family team your background's not in medicine is it your 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 sort of tech in your background is it is that Right, right. I came to Air Doctor. I worked 21 years in the semiconductors industry. Right. I worked uh, for Intel Corporation around the world. I started in Israel, but I um, work at the headquarters in Santa Clara, in California, for uh, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Intel, I was in the electrical cars uh, business. I founded a startup in uh, electrical transportation, which is actually uh, uh, providing uh, power to buses, electrical buses through induction. Mm -hmm. So I was in the technology arena for for many years. Mm -hmm. But uh, when uh, one of the founders came with this idea, and it was so clear, you know, there are millions of platforms and apps, and that usually 99 Point nine percent on are not successful. This had a very clear business model, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wow, this is like Airbnb. It's very clear. I just take a commission from each trans- each transaction. It's very clear how we make money. It's not, you know, something that uh, you need to figure it out after." Mm-hmm. And um, so I jump into it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, d- talk to me about. I'm always interested in founding teams because obviously I work in the recruitment sector, so I'm interested about teams and how they work. Um, does anyone come from a medical background? Are, are, are you all similarly skilled? Um, yeah. Yes, we have uh, actually the general manager of the largest uh, hospital 
University Hospital in Israel, a, a professor, uh, Yoram Weiss, which is uh, he started with us and is in our advisory board. Mm-hmm. And with him, we define what we are looking uh, in doctors, which kind of doctors we want to include in our service, how to approach the doctors. So he, he gave us the medical umbrella that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the founders, we have um, one founder that she comes from uh, all the, I will say, business development, the supply chain, uh, contracting, and, and, uh, and she brought all that experience with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, another founder is from uh, the, our VP R&D that is coming from uh, the Syntec Media, which is actually enterprise application software and mobile. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and the starting founder that he is the innovator. He brings the the new ideas. So we are pretty. Uh, we are uh, four founders, which usually is more than. Usually, startups have two or three yeah. maximum. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. easy to manage uh, the, yourself with four founders. No. Uh, but we do it pretty nicely, and um, and we work as a team. Mm. So mm. it work out. It's. Yeah, I'm always fascinated about how, how who decides on, you know, who gets what role and why, you know, like you're the CEO. Um, uh, I'm, I'm always surprised how diplomatic these things are, because it tends to be that just it naturally just people bring different skills and then they end up kind of going, well, it's a natural fit. But um, but with four people, that's that's a that's a harder challenge than normal. Like you say, I think there's usually sort of two max three, um, but but four founders is quite unusual. Um, but but presumably you've all known each other for you've known each other before you, you set this business up, obviously. Yes. With one of the founders with the frat, I, I work also at Intel and in, in uh, another startup. So we had, we went together a long way. And, uh, but I, I, I will taste something that is, uh, sounds uh, good and something that sounds bad, not popular. Uh, the, the good thing is, uh, we work in segments. We have segments for each topic where everybody that is a stakeholder for decision is there. Mm-hmm. And we decide together, we discuss together, and it, it, everybody is involved. So there is a, it's a lot of transparency in the company and the ability of each founder and each uh, manager to really influence the processes mm-hmm. because every is decided in segment teams. Uh, they're not so popular is I don't believe in democracy when managing. Uh, management needs to open the discussion, and but when you are stuck, uh, someone needs to decide. And yeah. usually it's me. And, yeah. and it's okay because otherwise it's worse not to decide. Yeah. It's worse to stay, to get the, you know. So in order to move forward, uh, I don't have any problem to say, okay, I heard all the things, but one hour we need to go in this direction good or bad, that's what I believe. Mm. And we are pretty aligned on that. I don't use that right very much. I use it very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, so it works well and we really, um, we have a very good relationship as a team. We uh, believe in each other. Uh, we know our faults and our uh, strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the difference. Yeah, mm. I, I, I think you're right. I, I, someone, someone, 
I can't remember who said this, but someone once said to me that the perfect the perfect leadership in business is is a dictatorship that feels like a democracy. And, <laughs> you you know, said that, not me, I, but it's <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly. I mean, I think it's a. I think that's the right thing. I mean, I think it's you know at some point in time because staying still is what kills businesses. You know, you have to go forward, and and you know sometimes you kind of. You, 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 someone just has to make that decision about which direction you're going to go in. Because um, I wanted to bring this conversation actually back. So we talked about COVID and, and you talked about the ability of the business to pivot. And then you went from a B2C model to a B2B to B2C. Um, that is a big shift. And and but but obviously it's been very successful for you. So um, I wanted to talk about obviously insurance. How, how many of your um, kind of partnerships are with, with insurance companies um, and yeah, and, and and I suppose what were the kind of challenges you faced when kind of pivoting the model into into a sort of dealing with insurance companies from a kind of partnerships perspective? Okay, so you know, in insurance companies um, are are corporate usually big organizations. Um, we work with the some of the biggest uh, um, like Allianz and Ergo, which belongs to Munich Re in Europe. Mm -hmm. We work with Phoenix in Israel, which is uh, one of the largest insurers in Israel. Um, and the smaller ones like FPTO in, in Netherlands and um, IDIS in uh, Spain. So we have uh, different kind of and sizes of insurers we work with uh, them. Now, the main motivation to work with us is that they are offering uh, a better a customer experience and more, much more simple customer experience where the customer doesn't find a solution, find the service through their insurers and uh, don't need to deal with all the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Second, they are all the insurers today are looking for uh, digital solutions to mm -hmm. offer online digital solutions and it's something we bring to them. And the, 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 the main, they say the, the cherry in the in the proposition is that they don't uh, they actually is a cost saving uh, platform because they actually reduce their cost significantly working with our doctor mm -hmm. you could think that is the opposite people we use more the service but our pricing with the doctor is very competitive because we pay them within five days mm -hmm. and uh, and we get two doctors in the community not the and not hospitals so there is a lot of cost saving of people not going to hospitals where they let you stay for the night you know mm -hmm. and make a lot of tests only because you have an insurer behind you mm -hmm. and they, and and they they save like 20 percent in their basic cost plus their reorientation so it's a lot it's a big uh, saving opportunity so these three factors make them very eager uh, to work with us now, that's great that then we start to work, but now how do you get into a, a, a core traditional corporate uh, mm -hmm. institution? Mm -hmm. So we found a way because I'm coming, maybe and some of us are coming from corporates, we know, understand the language and understand how to work there. And we need to work with the IT department and with the claim department and with the product and with the marketing. So we know that the first, having the innovation manager of the insurer saying, we want to do this, to doing it is a real process. Deployment process, we learn how to do working in workshops within the insurer, with insurance uh, people. Mm -hmm. And it took us some time to, 
I will say to, to find out the best way to do it, but we do, we, and we are very flexible. One of the things is, needs to be a win-win solution. They, they need to feel that we are doing something for them that is beneficiary, and, and we need to be sometimes flexible and adjust our product to their needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, one of the main things is the control. Insurers uh, have been always in control to avoid fraud, to avoid people abusing the, the product. And that's the main fear. So it's with our doctor, we wanna keep that control. And so we put a lot, using technology, we put a lot of limitations. We can call it chunk technology, where the insurers can say, okay, these um, uh, specialities we don't approve. When it gets to dentists, it's only till a certain amount, 500 uh, euro. Uh, and so and so. So, and these countries we don't uh, we don't want the, to to give the service. So through the chunk technology, we let them have control. On the other side, our main motus is to give control to the end user, mm-hmm. and the end user has control because he chooses or she chooses the doctor, read about the doctor, see reviews. Um, you know, so we balance between the two needs for control. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an easy thing at the beginning. We we develop and we learn it over time how to do it. Mm-hmm. What about from a technical perspective? Because um, there's a lot of kind of conversations about some of the bigger corporate insurance businesses being, you know, the technology stack not being up to scratch. Um, were, have there been any challenges from an integration point of view, from a technology point of view? Well, we have an open API. Uh, the main integration we need to do is to know, you know, when a customer approaches, is has a valid policy, uh, and what is allowing its policy, and that we we get all the information through the API. Yeah. Um, once we are connected to the APIs, uh, through the APIs to their system, that takes some. It's a month of work with the IT uh, guys in the other side. Um, then we offer them the control they need. We offer them reporting. Uh, so it's not so complicated. It's not mm. so complicated. Mm. It's more defining the process, yes. the characterization of the process we do with them. Mm-hmm. And, and then the integration uh, is, is not so complicated. Mm-hmm. What's, um, I suppose one, one thing I want to know is about the con- con- competitor landscape for you. Um, you know, the it's not a service I know of, but but one assumes that, um there are competitors in this in this space you know what's what's kind of unique within the model that 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 is different to kind of other 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 competitors um because because presumably there's a few kind of travel and health uh, there's probably some travel insurance or health insurance that are trying to integrate this themselves or is that is that where the competitor landscape is or is there or there are standalone companies competing with you uh well it's um there are some, there are companies with digital solutions that to schedule appointment with doctors, mm-hmm. but mostly they work at the local level, mm-hmm. uh, domestic level. I give you an example, ZocDoc in USA, in US. Uh, you have uh, Dr. Liv in France. Uh, you have Zoc, uh, Practo in uh, India. So there are so digital solutions to set appointments for the local people. Mm-hmm. They don't work with travelers and they don't have an international network. We invested yeah. a lot to build a network. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our platform is six languages today, including Chinese. And it's, um, and so 
these solutions are built to work with the local HMOs. It's a different solution. Mm. Um, so our main advantage is that we are uh, for travelers and international. Mm-hmm. And I give you an example with telemedicine. There are plenty of telemedicine solutions. But if I call a telemedicine solution in my country, in Israel, I say, I can talk with with a doctor in my language, but he cannot prescribe if I am in Peru or France. Mm. So what we offer when we offer telemedicine in 15 languages, we offer a doctor that can prescribe in the area you are. So you get with a prescription of antibiotics to the pharmacy and you can get the medicine. And this is advantages we have because we have this large network Mm -hmm. spread all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, are they not um one, one imagines that there's there's regulatory challenges with those sorts of you know how how much of a challenge has regulation been for things like that well the main challenge uh, uh, we started with having the uh, the iso certification for medical mm-hmm. so that was the first thing we did and and that put us in a place that where we were really compliant with the standards, with the international standards. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the second thing we had to do is the GDPR because we work with European companies. uh, Many of our customers are European. So we we had to do all the uh, GDPR compliance assessment and changes. Um, We have servers in Europe. So we did all the the regulation is regarding privacy. It's uh, very important and, and very strict. Mm-hmm. mainly in Europe. So mm-hmm. we went through that processes. And uh, when you want to work with the insurance companies, you know, you need to be very, um, very careful and, and be prepared for that. So we right. are there already. Mm. Was Is there ever any consideration that in the long term that you could operate your own travel insurance policies that you would sell via Air Doctor? Or, or is that something that's not being considered? Look, um, I think that you don't want to compete with your customers, with your main <laughs> customers. I don't think that it's wise to do that. No. Um, the market is so huge. We are thinking in, about partnerships that we didn't have even the resources yet to get there, but mm-hmm. there is so much we can do. We have uh, customers from South Africa and Australia that they're approaching us. And um, so we need to open offices there. Is much to do there. We have uh, things like Airbnb host that they can use their doctor. And we haven't even touched that part of the business. Mm. Uh, hostels, where there is the hostels that the people come to the hostel all the time. They use applications today to manage. Their digitalization of the hospitality industry is huge. Mm-hmm. And we want to be part of that digitalization. So there is a lot to that we want to do in and and going to be an insurer. Uh, you know, I I don't think that is in our roadmap, and one I don't think it will be very close to. No, no. It's uh, the reason I ask is we have lots of people on that uh, that have had kind of B two B to C solutions, and 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 some of them are you know some of them. they're not the same because because they're not in medical but they have the kind of same kind of usp that they provide for insurer partners but i'm always amazed at how many are interested in kind of like offering their own policies and i I understand why but but i i'm with you in that why compete with your (laughs) don't want to compete with your customers because they won't be your customers very long um so uh, the, the but we do sorry to interrupt but we do have customers mm. um, because we work international that they are international by definition like mm. Allianz Ergo that they have 
you know, they can operate worldwide, yeah. that they are coming to us and they are trying to create a new product where the service is the front. Right. Until today, you are saying the travel insurance and we were the service behind. Mm-hmm. Now they are saying your service is so needed and it's, it's, it sells itself so, so well. So let's sell your service with the insurance behind. So yes. maybe we will do something like that, but it's not that we are going to be the insurer. Mm-hmm. We will have the insurance behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's probably closer to what I was thinking. It's almost like a it's almost like a unique proposition for an MGA in in that you know the the service because because that's what I was thinking when we were talking. I was thinking I would buy that service because that it, it, if you told me that that's what my travel insurance offered, that's probably for me more reassuring and interesting than you know I don't really care about getting the money back. <laughs> you know I, I I sort of when you when you when you're in trouble when you're abroad and you're not well you want to get well, you know, it's not really about, oh, I need to reclaim the money. Of course, if you get sick and you're in an area where the world is very expensive to be in hospital, you want that covered for you, but you kind of take that for granted. That's, that's, that's pretty much what it's there for. But the knowing how to navigate, you know, the local hospital system or, or, or not needing to go to the hospital because you can get the kind of uh, telemedicine um, is a huge, you know, it's a huge plus. Um, so I can see that, you know, offering that as the upfront USP and then and then the insurance behind. That's really that's really an interesting thing um, of your kind of um, businesses that you partner with uh, your, your clients. Um, what sort of percentage of insurance companies? Because presumably there are kind of uh, credit card companies and other companies that you work with that, that offer this sort of stuff, but, but sort of pure insurance partners, how much of a percentage of your business does that make up? Uh, today, insurance companies around 60% of our business. Mm-hmm. And the rest is mainly OTAs, which is like Amadeus or TUI that we are negotiating with them, mm-hmm. um, that they want to offer the service to their customers. And we have a, a slightly different uh, business model with them. Yeah. Um, so uh, if with insurers, we the, our model is that we had take a commission from the doctor with mm-hmm. the, the OTAs, we gave them a referral uh, fee because they are sending to us customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the OTAs today also they need that because uh, when they are selling a, 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 a airline, selling a ticket, a, a travel ticket or when a, someone is sending people like um, travel agents to in tours, you want to know that you have a, a good solution for your customers. Mm-hmm. So it works very well, the synergy between them and us. Mm. Um, so that are the main two groups we are working with today. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I, I always like asking this question when people sort of come from outside insurance and then they're, op, they're offering means that they have to operate with insurance companies. Um, what what surprised you when you first started working with insurance company partners? Um, was there any kind of things that kind of you know struck you as something you hadn't expected? Well, I was surprised for by the need for innovation. Mm. Uh, today, I don't think I know any insurer that they don't have an innovation manager, mm-hmm. an innovation team, and they are looking all the time how to get uh, to be digital, how to bring technology into their products. And the opening there is amazing. Um, the problem many times is when you go to the implementation phase, because then you don't work with the ones in the innovation teams. Uh, but yes, I was surprised for how much uh, are they open today and they're looking 
for technology as a solution for their products. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, most of that's going to come externally because, you know, one of the things that's quite clear is that, you know, insurance companies are so large, they're so, you know, they're, they're restricted to a certain extent by regulation. Um, and, and many of them are so old, you know, in terms of kind of just been around a long time that the technology stack, just looking at that, it is it, much more about maintenance than it is kind of innovation. It, it's about keeping keeping it running and keeping it running efficiently. And, and then the innovation almost needs to be external. It needs to kind of have, um, you know, Air Doctor and people like that offering technology solutions to challenges they have um, to, to sort of drive innovation because it's it is hard to innovate within a kind of existing stack. So the fact that they're kind of have standalone innovation and strategy teams now i think is a massive plus um because you're right i I mean i've been doing this for 16 years and innovation and strategy was not was not a function (laughs) you know even you know a few years ago and certainly even if it was a few years ago it was there were a few companies doing it and there were there were much less than there are now whereas yeah i think it's very common um and and more than that i can tell you what i found out that they are ready to take risks much more uh, today than in the past. Uh, when we did, we, today we do pilots, and when we saw in, seen the pilot, that they are ready to take risks and to try the product, to see how the product works, and and do the adjustment later on. Mm. So there is an openness, uh, an openness that wasn't there before. Mm. Uh, I think like three, four, five years ago. Today you do have it in in uh, the big insurers, and through the pilot we actually take the risk, they take the risk mostly. And, and, you know, and then the introduction afterwards and the deployment in, in full launch is much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, no, I think, yeah, the risk, the risk, that's a really good observation. I, I think we've just seen lots of braver decisions and, and, you know, standalone investments and, and they're prepared to kind of challenge the business model themselves. Um, because I think that's a misconception. And, and it seems to me that you've got a healthy, I was a healthy relationship with the insurance companies because, you know, we do get, we get a lot of kind of, oh, they won't innovate and they don't take risk. And I think that's not true. I think if you offer a genuine solution to a challenge they have, then then they are prepared to take risks um, and they are prepared to try things. That um, was true in the past, however. Yes. But it has changed dramatically in the last three years, I would say. And mm-hmm. and today, within the pilot, we are like allowed to, to take risks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the pilot is very... We get a lot of... Um, backup from the senior management from the c level of the which is amazing i think about that it's it's coming the other way it's not coming from below it's coming from above the the Mm -hmm. senior level says we want to innovate we want to change we are ready to take risks Mm -hmm. so when we go to to the levels of the implementation people know that they are allowed to take some risks Mm -hmm. and that is a big change of what was in the insurance industry years ago Mm, mm. no i completely agree i completely agree well look i'm 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 conscious of time so i I just wanted to i always want to give people the opportunity to talk about the future so 2022 is fast approaching um what are we going to see from air doctor in 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 2022 is is there any specific uh, areas of growth or any product innovations that we're going to see well we are a 
basically we are in a growth scale mode. We are going, like I say, from one customer to 18 in, in a few months. So our main challenge is the operation and the execution to make mm -hmm. sure we have the, our back office is very strong, but we will need to grow our back office significantly. Our mm -hmm. customer support, seven by 24, um, so that's one of our challenges for 2022 to make sure that we scale uh, in a good way and, uh, and we are successful. And we are thinking about complementary products as well, because today, um, for instance, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription, now you need a, a, a medicine. You need to go to the pharmacy. So we are thinking, for instance, in the second part of 22, develop the medicine delivery. Mm -hmm. So from the doctor, the prescription would be an e-prescription that goes directly to the pharmacy uh, and the pharmacy deliver the, the medicine to you, where you wherever you are. So then we close the loop of the, of the service. Um, and I think that we are grow, keep growing. We are getting requests uh, from new new business partners all the time that we need to address. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I was just thinking about that sort of instant delivery. Um, yeah, because I'm one of these Amazon customers that now, if I can't get something delivered the next day, I don't want it. And 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 when you when you kind of can close the loop like that, what what a great that's a great challenge to take on, but, but what, what a great experience that will be. Um, Jenny, you've been really kind with your time. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I think it's a really interesting business and, and, you know, it's, it's such an obvious solution. I mean, I'm just sitting here going, this is something that I want. So I want to, I'm now going to see if my travel insurance offers it because <laughs> I bet it doesn't. Um, so. Well, um, I, I hope you never need to use us, but <laughs> if you need, <laughs> you know where to find us and we will help yeah that's... everybody even if you're in the middle of the amazon yes uh, we will find a, a solution for you yeah fantastic jenny thank you once again for your time i really appreciate it um, it was great to hear about air doctor thank you it was my pleasure thank you As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.